The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bad With Names. I'm your host, Don Will. <clears throat> and I don't feel like doing shit today. Like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't feel like doing anything. Oh, man. I don't want to do this. Not today. I want to, like, watch TV. I want to chill out. I want to sit down I don't want to do anything like literally nothing I don't know I'm tired already of 2015 and I don't even know if that's possible I think the novelty of the novelty is worn off like like the new me new you I mean new year new me the fucking day one of 365 like all that shit and all the like mantras and shit I'm out of them like I don't have any and seeing people with them is exhausting and for me right now, I just kind of, I feel like, I feel like is the year is already like halfway in. We're already there. I, I, I don't feel like it's a new start. But Happy New Year, if you do, whatever. I just kind of feel like, I don't know, I got a lot of shit on my mind. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of shit to do. I got a lot of shit to accomplish. There's a lot of work. And I don't think that January 1st really was a hard reset or anything. I think that it was just... Wednesday, or was that even Wednesday? What, what day was the first? I'm not checking my calendar because my calendar is going to give me some anxiety about what I have to do, and I have a lot to do. I got a busy week ahead of me, which is probably why I don't want to do anything today. And yesterday, I had a Saturday was spent riding around Brooklyn in the rain with a laptop and a microphone strapped to my back, drenched to the bone in the cold. With wet denim and a wet bubble coat on a bike. <laughs> yeah. The fucking dumbest shit. Like, who rides their bike when they... I should have just checked the weather. Whatever. But, you know, today is one of those days where I just really want to just, like, relax. And just sit down. And not do anything. I mean, I am sitting down now, but I'm doing something. And I'm thinking. And I'm... I'm, I'm Firing on some cylinders, may not be all, but some cylinders. But I really just want to decompress. But I can't. And I think that's what 2015 is about for me, is not being able to stop when I want to stop. It's about just, you got to just go. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's going to do it. Nothing's going to do, nothing's going to happen on its own. A cup of coffee's not going to brew itself. The podcast isn't going to record itself. And the Netflix TV shows aren't going to watch themselves. But they'll be there. And I really want to watch TV. Really bad. Um, but yeah, uh, I did end up buying myself a Nutribullet for the new year. I'm going to try to get my summertime sexy on. You know what I'm saying? Get this six-pack popping that I never had. We'll see how that works. <laughs> I do like making smoothies, though. The smoothies are del- The smoothies are delicious. Sometimes I don't want a heavy meal. Sometimes I just want like a... Sometimes eating is just boring. It's too much. Too much work. Little reward. I'm one of those people. The meal is either incredible or it's just whatever. And if there's going to be a whatever meal, I might as well just drink it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But so I got that. Been using that. Smoothing things on out on the R&B tip. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Still don't feel like doing this. Um... Vaughn sent me an email about 
finishing up the new album. And it's on top of the pile of other emails that have gone unanswered. And I'm going to answer them. I'm going to do the email. I'm going to do everything I have to do. But it's this thing where when I can't, sometimes I just don't even look at my email. Like sometimes I have to like not check my email because I can't get to it at the moment. And that gives me a level of anxiety knowing that there's something I have to do that I can't do, but I need to do. And then, like, ignoring it just gives it even a, a, a deeper level of just, like, you're gonna, you, it's all piling up. It's all going to crash down on you. <laughs> so, yeah. But basically, the albums, we're, we're like, six, 70%. We're, we're, we're almost ready for mixing. So, we did drop an album, though. We dropped uh, 12 Minutes at Kareem's. And uh, you can get that now at the Tanya Morgan SoundCloud page. Or the the bank the Hypnot Bandcamp page. It'll be a link. I'll put a link. You heard it last week if you listen to the podcast with me and Vaughn. Oh. But yeah, this week is. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of, of pleasure though. You know, I'm going to see Louis C.K. I got tickets to his show, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm doing the. I'm DJing at SOBs with Cipher Sounds, Ben I Mean, and I can't think of the other DJ's name. I'm sorry. Um. And I'm doing Cypher Sound's show, his um, comedy show at UCB, Take It Personal, which is a big deal for me and for you as a listener. If you like me, it's a big deal for you too, I guess. But it's pretty cool, pretty cool week. And Jean's redoing, uh, she's doing a sequel to Ghostbusters, so it's Ghostbusters 2.5. I'm doing that on Saturday. So it's a lot of stuff that I have to do. But, you know, it's not even that I don't want to do it. Sometimes it's just... I don't know if I'm capable. Like you, you know, like sometimes you doubt yourself. Like I'm, I'm me. I know, I know I'm Don motherfucking Will. I know I'm the shit. But sometimes you just doubt yourself a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you're like, yo, should I really even be? Am I really like worthy in some ways? You know. But needless to say, um, work begets work, and good things come to those who work. So I've been working. Hopefully these are good things and hopefully more good things come from them. Um, yeah, I still just don't want to do this. We'll see if I feel like doing this by the time I'm done editing it. I'll let you I'll, I'll, I'll check in on the last segment of well at the end of the podcast. Maybe it's the, 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 the gray day. Maybe it's the Stuart Scott news. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott that I don't even want to deal with that to be honest because it's it's really close to the time that my dad and my grandma passed and seeing someone else pass of cancer I I just can't really deal with that right now don't want to deal with it and it's making me sad um but I do have a fresh cup of coffee I had the worst cup of coffee this morning it was absolutely disgusting the the coffee had been sitting in the back of my refrigerator for about I don't know like maybe three months but I was so hungover from last night Maybe that's what it is. I was hungover. I was really drunk. That's probably why I don't feel like doing anything. I got to stop drinking. But I also have to keep pushing. You got to push through the hangover. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit ain't going to get done by itself. But I got a fresh cup of coffee I can drink. And I have a wonderful conversation with my friend Fresh Daily, one of my oldest friends in Brooklyn. I've known him for a while. Um, I need to shake this hangover. Uh, check out the podcast 
hopefully when I check back in with you at the end, I'll be in a better place. So here it is, Bad With Names featuring Fresh Daily. What's up, Fresh? What up, Don Will? Don Wheezy? Welcome to Bad With Names. Bad With Names, that's a great, that's a great name for this because I'm terrible with names. <laughs> it's not just me, everybody's kind of bad no, with names. No, 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 you know what my, uh, my, new, my thing is now, it's like, I introduce the person whose name I do know to the person whose name I don't know. That's a pro tip. Yeah. And then you wait till the person you don't know leaves and you're like, yo, so what was their name? Yeah. And if, if the person you do know wasn't paying attention, it's just like... Oh. You're fucked. You're both fucked. So you and I would have a horrible time <laughs> doing this. Uh, Yo, because you were like rap game Larry David for a little while. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's calmed it's down. It's still there. No, it's, it's calmed down. <laughs> it's calmed down, I think, uh, mostly since I've been with my lady. That's three three and three years, three years and change. So yeah. calm down a little bit more. It was worse when I was single. You know? Yeah. Cause that's when you would just meet people. You know right. what I'm saying? You're yeah. just out in these streets. And you're trying when you're single. Yeah. Which is why girls always hit on you uh, when you have a girlfriend. Yeah. As opposed to when you don't, cause you're not trying anymore. Yeah, yeah. You're satiated. That trying shit, man. Like you look thirsty. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just, it's just your aura. Yeah. You just kind of have this like general. That's just such a turnoff to them. They're so disgusted yeah. by the thirst. It's terrible, isn't it? I think the thirst in general. You know what I'm saying? Like dealing with women, dealing with just people you meet yeah like whenever you meet a person who you who you possibly want to work with or some shit yeah if you don't if you're on that wave where it's like yo let me get your number blah 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 you're hitting them up every day it's like what, what are you doing yeah you know what i'm saying geek down yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta geek down geek down um <laughs> that's one of the greatest back we can't do it <laughs> yeah if you know the story behind geek down that should have tickled you some yeah yeah um <laughs> but yo, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think also, you know, I think on some level, on some very lower level, I think um, women assume that if you're not thirsty and you're satiated, then you must be good at something. Right. Because someone took you off the market. Right. So that you have some worth, at least to them. Yeah, or you got something like you got something, you got something to do going to. on. Yeah, something going on. They you you don't shit. care. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like if if you don't have anything to do except for like focus on bothering them. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. They don't, they don't you got someone you. on, someone's feeding you, someone is sucking you off at home. There has to be a, <laughs> there has to be a reason why. And that, I think that also makes you attractive that you yeah. that someone found it necessary to pull you off the market it means you're of some value. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I agree with that. Yes. I agree with that. Yes. As, as, a, as a single guy in these streets, in these streets, bruh, can't be thirsty. You have to and chill I, the fuck out. It, and find something to do. Listen, the, hung, <laughs> the hunger is for real, but don't, you know, don't let your thirst throw away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hunger, you know what I mean? It's good to be hungry, you know, for the right things, but... But speaking of hungry, this is my segue game. Yeah. You've been in the game for a minute, you know what I'm saying? And I won't, I won't say, you never look hungry. You look like the kind of person who... For me, you're that dude that just make waves, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's been a lot of things... Like from AOK to uh, BGG yeah. to Beat House, yeah. like a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? You were just kind of like, yeah, like like on the low, you make a lot of shit happen. Make, there's a lot of shit that pops in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know? well, uh, you know, I just realized. I think from the upbringing that I had, and I, I, you know, I had it. I was definitely raised as a have-not, you know, yeah. and uh, that I think that sort of let me know at a very young age. Uh, yo, nothing is nothing's gonna be given to you. You know what I mean? If you want anything, 
Just take it, you know what I mean? I, either do it yourself or set it up yourself. You know, just take this shit because it's never going to be given to you. I see it given to a lot of cats. I don't know what they did to get it, but I, I, I know I'm just not one for like, uh, if I have an idea sitting around and waiting for someone else to run with it. I feel like if I, if I have an idea and I can implement it and make it happen, I'll do that, you know what I mean? Like, how do you, I guess, because it, it takes a lot of, like, self-motivation and drive to do, to do shit like that. Mm -hmm. So there are days where, like, I'm sure everybody, you included, just don't want to do shit. You know what I'm saying? There are those days where it could be anything from just dealing with other, like, small life things to just not being inspired. Like, what, what, what do you do on those days? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. do you push through or do you, like, kind of give way to the day? You know what? Uh, I think that because I spend... Uh, an inordinate amount of time on internet fuckery and <laughs> you know what I mean and social media yeah, yeah. Uh, enough of my time is stolen away by those inane banal uh, everyday things that there's I've given already a, so much of that to that that I can effectively spend the rest of my time without any guilt on doing the shit that matters, you know what right. I mean? So usually people would just go hard and hard to paint 24 seven, you know what I mean, for what they want. I do, but I also spend a fair amount of time on bullshit, you know what I mean? And I think, I think in my head, it balances everything out for me, you know what I mean? And even my bullshit is sort of a weird self-promotion, you know what I mean? Right. It's things that have some sort of uh, metrics to them, you know, like, or, yeah. you know, it's just, it's a stream of consciousness that, you know, I think I can be uh, funny or interesting, not intentionally, just, I think, by being mean. That, in turn, has some sort of, you know, internet, if the internet were money, internet value. Yeah, internet cachet. Like, there, there's a certain right. level of charisma, like, like, like you, you have your own Facebook, from what I see, right. you know what I'm saying? There's a certain level of charisma to your Facebook posts, you okay. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like, it's not just like... The random motherfucker. Here, yeah, here I am at you know whatever restaurant. And here's my plate. Yeah. I feel like I also try to post in my own voice, like the same the same way we talking right now and shit. You know, like the way I would just have said and shit. Like that's yeah. that's how I like to write. And see, there's on a my social media. There's a higher level of awareness and like kind of like internet savvy involved in that alone. Like I think that it's conversational. Yeah, but I think that what, I think that what happens is a lot of people who like the internet kind of fell on people. So you have people from like high school or whatever have you, or college, whatever, that are just there and they know they have to use it to communicate with people, but they're not they're not that well versed in conveying their actual personality online. Or they just have a fucked up personality. Right. And or you don't they, want to like, <laughs> they feel like I have to put this up because yeah. I beep, boop, boop, I got to do this on you know, like the curtain. Listen, the curtain can be you know, the curtain can be you, you know, like to a certain degree. It's up to you about how much you want to put out there. You know, I recently yeah, yeah. had a really weird situation with my god sister and um, I posted a picture of her like and, and now nah, it wasn't the most favorable picture, but it was her birthday. She just turned 30. I posted a picture of her from <laughs> oh, 10 years ago, and she lost it. She lost it. She was like she was bad about she it. She was furious. She deleted me. You know, she wasn't talking to me, and she texted me. She's very, you know, she can be a little exaggerated. She lose my number. She was furious. You know, three days later, I, you know, I called her back and said, okay, I'm sorry. Listen, you know, she calmed down. She was just like, you know, you can't do that. But I realized I post sort of with abandon, you know. I don't yeah, like. Yeah. 
sure there are things that are premeditated but for the most part if something strikes me funny or it's inspiring to me or it's a glimpse into my world I just and I feel like it's appropriate or sometimes inappropriate as the case might be so are you the type of person to like respond to I guess the trolls for a better sense of the word I can't respond to trolls okay I can't do it. that's one thing I can't do again it goes back to you were asking me the, the initial question was you ever you do a lot of different things is there any days that you're just like, you know, that seems really right. labor intensive. Do I ever feel like fuck it? And I said no because of, you know, thank God for the internet in a sort of sense. It, it breaks away some of my time. But that's the whole thing is time. And it like, I've got just so much time in a day to do anything I want to do. Yo, wait, sidebar. Did I hear a little bit of UK pop out? In it? In it? There's a little bit of time in it. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but it, that's all it breaks down to is time, you know. Time is the one shit that we never get back. It's like, yeah. if, if it, time, we can take a, have a whole podcast just specifically about time, True. which I've been obsessed with ever since I said hi to 30, is time, yeah. you know what I mean? Because um, you don't, like, and the funny thing about time when you, when you turn, when you're like in your 30s is that, like, days, months just, yeah. they, they leave. You're, you're hyper aware of time. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's because you don't necessarily own your time in the same way. You no, know what I'm saying? Like, not at all. Not at all. You, you kind of you kind of ration out your time to certain things, and like if you're in a if you're in a position where you can control your schedule, or you like are like a touring artist, or whatever have you. Like, if you're in that position, you're in like you have a different respect to time because you know what I'm saying? Like, you make your own schedule. But if you're like just a freelance or just anybody that works in some kind of like skill trade or whatever, yeah. Like your time ain't really yours, and it, it, it makes that's what I, that's what I was touching on when I was saying like, because for me doing freelance work and doing shit like that, there's some days where I'm literally just like, at seven o'clock I'm like I'm just gonna watch Netflix, fuck mm -hmm. all this shit, you know what I'm saying? And then there are other days where I feel guilty for doing that for not budgeting I myself. I always feel you know guilty. What I'm saying? You know, like um, my lady, she loves to watch television. I know we we have a TV we run a TV group together okay, on see, Facebook. Yeah, I, you noticed that I'm not in said group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, loves, I'm not I'm not that active in the group either. Right. I, I was like, well, this is insane. I can't yeah. watch this right. much TV. Right. And, you know, tell people she loves her television shows. She loves her shows. Part of me feels inherently and very viciously guilty about allowing a TV to usurp my time so insanely yeah. like I'm sitting here watching people who are successful in their field while I am yet not where I would feel comfortable in my own success yet and that's time I could be dedicating to that yeah you know I mean so I'm here sitting down and giving you my time you're already in the field that you want to be in you're successful it's lovely you know a lot of work went into making that television show but when that's done you got time from me, and that's the only thing I can never get back. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I've got but so much time to do what I really want to do and to have youth and sort of cognitive cognitive youth to be like smart Yo, and- say that shit again. Yeah, you know? Cause I've been thinking about like, like, I know that, and when I was in like my early 20s, mid 20s, 
it wasn't even that I was more creative, I was just more daring. Damn. I just was like, what does this do? You know what I'm saying? Like, every, like everything was just, what does this button do? And not only what does this button do, but the energy to push all of the buttons. Yes, yes. Now it's like, you kind of like come in with the duck of reason, like, I don't want to push that button. Yeah. It's too close to the other button. I'll push this one instead. I'll, like, <laughs> I'll stay here with this one. And you know, and like, you know, now older, older, hopefully wiser, yeah. enough to make the decisions of which button to push. But, you know, like, while, I, while I'm here and I have this sort of youth and, you know, I'm gonna take advantage of it and try to do as much create, many creative things as I possibly can. And that's what it really boils down to. And it's like, also, you know, if, if I have five fingers, but all five fingers have a special talent, I'm not gonna spend my time pointing at something, you know? Right. If I could be doing, like I rap, <laughs> like I'm primarily a rapper, but that's one of my five fingers. Yo, because you, know I mean? you, you that, uh, the zine you guys did was, like I, I keep thinking, that I was trying to like come up with notes and like research shit, but I'm like, it's just too much. Yeah, I would have to literally just go back through your entire online history, you yeah. know what I'm saying, to like pin everything down, but it's like. Did you get one of those zines that Miquel and Leachy did? I didn't. I, I got one here, I'll give it to you. But like even that, like, like I just want you to like I just want to know the story. You know what I'm saying? Like like the story. I'll give, I'll give you general. a little bit of history and history. But it, it is not necessarily for me so much. Yeah, it's for it's for the people yeah. who are listening. What up, people? How y'all doing? You know? Um, well, actually, let me pause before we do that. All right, yeah. Take a break. We'll come right back. All right. Yo, did you guys know there's a new Tanya Morgan EP out? And it's totally free. Go to soundcloud.com slash Tanya Morgan or hypnotrecords.com to get 12 minutes at Kareem's. It's me and Von P rapping for 12 minutes over Kareem beats from Kareem Riggins' Alone Together LP. I know with all the comedy, well, slightly comedic things, DJing and podcasting, you might have forgot I rap, but I still got bars. Fuck with it. All right, back to the show right now. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to Bad With Net. Yeah. I'm your host, Don Will. Hey, hey, and I'm your special guest, Fresh Daily. Um, yeah, no, okay, so I, a little bit of, let's, origin story, Fresh Daily origin story. Let's do the Fresh Daily origin story. Let's do it. And so I just, you know, fill it in the blanks for people who don't know. How long is your thing anyway? Is this, uh... I usually like to go like an hour, hour and a half. Okay, respect. Yeah. All right, um, origin story, uh, raised in Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Uh, at five, my mom, uh, picked up with us and and ran, I left everything behind. Left Brooklyn, we went to Philly, lived in Philly for a year. Oh shit, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, from like five to six, six and a half, I lived in Philly. Moved, when we came back to New York, we lived in the Bronx with my grandmother all the way from 86 or 87 to all the way to 1990 or 91. Then we moved back to Brooklyn in 91, Fort Greene. I lived in Fort Greene up until, uh, 2000, yeah, about 2000. Then I moved to Parkside for about a year and a half. Then what's what's Parkside? Parkside, uh, that's like Flatbush area. Between, okay, okay. Between Flatbush and Ocean. Park yeah, I know it. Okay, I know what it is. Yeah. Over there by the park, like right there by the entrance to the park, uh, near like the drummer circle and shit. Yeah. Um, you know that was my first apartment, and I moved back to Fort Greene, took over my mom's apartment in the Peas, 
and I lived there from. That's where I caught you. Like that's the first spot. Of I've been to. I was saying I'm telling okay. you earlier. I've been to all of his apartments almost. You came to the piece. I did. You did come to I the did. piece. We, okay. Remember it was me, you, Spec, Spec, Emilio. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was a minute ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a grip, man. That was like when I first touched that. Yeah. Before. He was like, I'm in the piece. Is it safe? Well, I mean, if you've been to Bond's apartment, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, I, I have, I guess I have like this, like. Satirical, satirical view of what it was until I got there. Like, oh, oh, yeah, it's a community. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, pretty much. People have lived there for 45 years, 50 years. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to roll through it like 89 nah, by myself. I, not at all. You wouldn't want to roll through it 93 by yourself. <laughs> you know. What I mean? uh, but you know, I lived there with a, a rotating cast of roommates till about 2008, which is the accident year. Yeah. Once I got that accident, my mom tried to move back in with me. You know hmm. how, how did you uh, I took that accident money Got the fuck out of there <laughs> Post haste As you should have As you should have But In this time uh, Growing up in Fort Greene uh, You know I went to high school Art and design Yeah Oaks a Past alumni Pharaohs Past alumni from there Pumpkinhead is past alumni from there Sea Ray's Walls Past alumni Mob Deep is past alumni We had a lot of rappers it's Pretty illustrious Yeah no we had a lot of, Yeah we had a lot of rappers In uh in uh, you know high school for art and design, um, but it was a crazy school. And where was high school art and design? Like it's fifty seventh and second, Midtown. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you know, that's, man, like what was is art high school? No, but like what 90s. was high school like in New York? In New York. Oh, dog, high, high school and and uh, and junior high was it was like a fashion show, man. It's New York City, you know. If, if you weren't dressed correctly, you might as well just yeah, yeah. You might as well put dirt on your head and and put a gravestone over your head. <laughs> see, I guess I guess in Ohio, I was I was on some like style shit, dress shit. But I think that I was getting all my information from like stores, from like magazines, right, and shit, right, 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 from TV. New York, so New York I wasn't plugged into the same socket. You know what I'm saying? Man. Like, so I would, we would get shit late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we would figure shit know. out late. Yo, New York City high school. You definitely you needed the you needed the appropriate wardrobe. You needed a stylist to come to school. Yeah, you definitely needed a stylist to come to school. And it wasn't on internet, so it wasn't like niggas was on Tumblr. Yeah, no. Like you that, just knew that. If you just had a if, oh my gosh, don't let you be a nigga that has like a particular style or way that was fly. Oh man, dog, that wasn't me. <laughs> my mom wasn't paying no money for shit. So, you know, I had a lot of hand me downs definitely that made me very cool in high school, so I think a big part of um, the fresh, the early Fresh Daily shit, the sneakerhead Fresh Daily, that in my early career definitely stemmed from overcompensating from that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now well, I don't. I'm older. I don't give a fuck about any of that. You know? I think at a certain point it was about it was about having things that you couldn't, of that course, you couldn't have. Absolutely. And then when you could have the shit you couldn't have, it was like listen, having shit that you didn't even want. Listen, man. listen. This is all what Jordan heads are really about at the yeah. end of the day. You know, there's a very small percentage of us whose moms were willing to come up off a hundred for yeah. Jordans. Uh, my and mom, me and my mom had a deal. I would, I would pay half, and she would pay half. That's a good that deal. Was deal yeah. That's a good deal. And I had to work for the money. So of you course. know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. But half, most of the time, parents were very reluctant to drop a hundred on, on Jordans or a hundred on guest jeans or you know whatever was popping there. You and I are close in age, so you can remember yeah, yeah. guest jeans were popping there. Guest jeans, Jordans. In New York, you had to have a Jan Sport. You had to have Timberlands. You had to have, um, oh man, what Columbia jacket? You needed a Columbia. Yo, I, at one point I had a full Columbia rain suit. Yep. So, so did everybody. I was just wishing I had that shit last yeah. week. 
You needed a Columbia rain suit. Yep. You needed Air Max. There were just things that you just that were just staples. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and you needed Polo. You needed Tommy. Those are staples. I was a big low head. You know? I didn't really. I, I fucked with Tommy a little bit, but I'm I was in the low. Yeah. You yeah. know, like more often than not, people were one or the other. They weren't like both. And, cause, and that was the other, like, I knew in, in two, like instinctively that you couldn't blend them. You weren't supposed yeah, to blend them. You were them. not supposed to blend them. Because even if you look at the Nordica. palette, like, like, especially not, like, because even the palettes of each particular brand, like, I want to say either Nautica or Tommy had more of a primary color kind of thing going on. Yeah. Whereas Polo would do more like, just like, hues. It would be like, like, great, like, well, you know what? Black and shit. Polo and Tommy did have a very similar palette yeah, for true. the most part. They had uh, it was. It I'm was, thinking about Nautica with the primary. Right, shit. right. Prime Nautica was more primary bright, but Tommy and and Polo definitely had the rich colors. So maroon, navy, gold, uh, you know, like those, like the primaries, but muted. Yeah. So like maroon, navy, red, yellow, and, and uh, blue, but navy, maroon, gold, right. hunter green. Yeah, you know I mean, like white, really rich, really yeah. rich colors that do that. So they all shit that looks good with Tim's, pretty much. <laughs> Anything that looks good with Tim's, you know. That's what I'm to sum it up. Yeah. If that shit looks it's, good with Tim's, you good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then they throw them, you know. Then we ha we did fuck with Nordica because Nordica had the windbreakers. You know what I mean? The windbreakers were very necessary. You pull up the collars and Nordica underneath it. Yeah, that. Yeah, the jazz bar you were crushing. Especially anything regatta with the the sailing with the sailing uh flags across them. You were crushing. So was it like the warriors coming home from school every day or going to like a party at night? Like was it like? Yeah, I mean you know what I'm, I wasn't I'm, even I'm, allowed I'm to get into parties till I was like 16, and even then I was sneaking. You know so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but you know like all of that inspired me. You know we had. Yeah, kids from the uh, you know Upper West Side who were bubble cold and timmed out, but they were like white and Jewish, you know what I mean? And they would come down and hang out. It was just there's a lot of just like style inspirations from that that era. But then when I started rapping, you know what I mean? Um, when did you start? Uh, like when would you say for real? For I mean, I, I was rapping with my cousin Tamel since I was like 16, 17. But taking it for like for real, for real serious, like uh, and traveling, it, like. 1999, 2000. Okay. Yeah. That's when I was like, all right, I'm going to put together like albums and shit and really write and practice. And I used to go to this open mic, two open mics. One was a po spoken word poetry open mic at this spot called Brooklyn Moon. Shout I've heard of Brooklyn Mike. Moon. Yeah. Most and Defs have mentioned it on a song before. Of but course. I've heard of it otherwise. Yeah. Well, so this spot was on Fulton Street between South Portland and South Elliott. It's still there. Yeah, they, it is. They have really great drinks there. They uh, they have really great food there. Uh, my friend Mike is is the owner, um, and you know everybody's passed through there. Erica, Erica used to live across the street from it. You know what I mean? Erica Badu, Mostef, Kwali, Tricky. You know, like everybody in the common, done everybody and their mama done passed through Brooklyn Moon and its heyday. This is a spoken word, but still kind of relevant and not just. All right, so I gotta ask: Have you ever done spoken word? I used to go up and spit my raps. And spoke the word. Slower, yeah. I would do the same thing. Yeah. But I, I did give, I did give like, like actual spoken words. Yeah. A few I things. tried it. and It was really terrible, yeah. man. My poetry was really ass. Like, Me and Elias, that was our first thing. Was it was, a, it was a spoken word poetry group called the Couch Club in college. The Couch Club. That we were members of. Yeah. Do you have any <laughs> of those poems? I do. I still have them. I, I, there's video footage of like a performance and shit. Oh man, dude. 
One day I'll break it out. One day I'll break it out so you can get a good oh, laugh at me. <laughs> I had I had four. I can't remember. It was called Green for Green. It was about trading money for weed and how I felt like I was just wasting my time. Yeah. Like like smoking weed, but yeah. I couldn't stop. Whatever. Whatever. Dump one. Do you but smoke weed still? I don't. Okay. I smoke weed like once a year. Once a year. Once a year. Good for you. And then I get really paranoid after like I smoke for like a week, then I have like a really bad trip and I stop. <laughs> I smoked weed in Denver. I was in Denver for my birthday last yeah. year. I smoked weed. That's there. a good place to smoke weed too. I smoked a lot of weed in Denver. Then I came back to New York. Like, I'm gonna keep smoking. And I nah, tried to smoke in my apartment. It, it just well. Let me tell you the, the thing about New York, just really quickly. New York is a sativa town. New York loves sativa. Why? Because we're we're working, always working, running around. Sativa never sleeps. Sativa will make you fucking yes. paranoid. Yes. You know, like we love love our sour diesel chocolate tie, like. Yeah. And that's that's what it was. That makes you paranoid, you, yeah. you know, because we like to smoke and then go out and party and drink, add liquor. Sativas are great. You want to add liquor to a sativa and go out and party? Cool. You know, what I mean, you're not gonna be super paranoid if you're out doing drunk. You know. But and I made sure I was smoking indica when I was in Denver. Yeah, of course. And when I got here, I just was like, what is this? Indica is a tea. And they was like, I don't know, just smoke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I took a hit and I was just in my couch like, oh, God. Yeah, oh, God. Stop. Oh, God, you turn the big song. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. This, just really briefly, that's the New York thing, you know what I mean? Like, such a fucking sativa town, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, we have, there's a sativa here called Green Crack. It's everywhere, but here that I had it here. And my God, bro. Was it a Not bad experience? Bad experience. Like, <laughs> it's an awful experience. Really terrible experience. So, to everyone listening. Um, Don't fuck with green crack unless you want to have. Unless you want. Unless, unless, you're, unless you're on that level. Like, it yeah. just wasn't for me. Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> back, back to <laughs> that. Back to rap. So, um, Brooklyn Moon, that's, you know, I started there with the, the spoken word uh, rap, vocal raps. And then uh, went to EOW. EOW, end of the week. End of the week, Sunday nights, longest running open hip mic, hip hop open mic in New York. So you were you were an EOW like alum. You were there. I was early alum. Early first year they started, they were at a place called Fat Babies. Um, and Heard of Fat Fat Babies in Rivington. Right? And Rivington is gone now. Really? Yeah. When did it close? Well, you're thinking of Fat Buddha. No, Fat Fat Baby is still on Rivington. I think it's... Well, maybe it wasn't called Fat Baby. Maybe it was called something else. It was called Fat, either Fat or something or Baby something. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. But there's a Fat Buddha, a Baby. I know what yeah. you're talking about. It's right next to Verlaine's. Right. Um, but this spot was called something else. Maybe it was Fat Baby. Maybe it wasn't. Um, it was Baby something or Fat something. <laughs> yeah. But it was right there on the Shelby corner. Infant. Let's just right, right. Infant. It was right there on the corner across from uh, that pizzeria right there on the corner, Lower East Side. Uh, like, uh, I don't know if that's, that's Stanton, on, on the corner of Stanton and um, Orchard. Okay. It was right there on the corner of Stanton and Orchard. And I used to go there every Sunday. And then it moved over to the Pyramid on Avenue A between 5th and 6th. I believe it's 56 or 6. Man, shit changes so rapidly. Yeah. That's like, New York. like, a spot will be the spot. And, and then, then it'll either it'll be gone or change and move spots. Well, this moves spots to the pyramid, which I liked infinitely better. And um, I went there for, like, some cats went to college and spent four years in college. And I went, I spent four years in open mics and just, like, 
getting really comfortable on stage. First time I was on stage, I was reading my raps off a of paper and my so nervous paper was vibrating. <laughs> paper was vibrating in yeah, my hands. Like, you <laughs> read a rap on stage. I read a rap to on a stage. beat. To I feel like the first time was probably uh, an open mic um, spoken word poetry. So so I'm trying to get away with that. I'm just trying to imagine reading off the page because it's so, dark already. It's yeah, dark. No, not the light is not great. By the time I got to EOW, I definitely wasn't doing. It. Oh, okay. See, I'm thinking. I'm thinking you were EOW. No, who? That's uh, why I was just like, listen. What? EOW has seen my fair share of embarrassing moments. If anyone has ever seen me in my most embarrassing moments. And it's, it's been the people that you I'm tempted to ask what one of those moments were. Oh my but God. you don't have to relive it. You don't have to. Do Let's it. not relive it here. That's for another show. Yeah, if you ever yeah. bring me back. You don't have to. You don't I have promise to, to your listeners, I'll tell you the most story, embarrassing story of my life. The most. We want to paint. We want to paint the picture of the best possible you. Right. Of course. Of course. There's. Well, that's really the only possible me there is. You know. <laughs> air horn right there. I'm gonna throw air horn. No. So you know. You know. In hindsight, I'm, you know, it could have been a regrettable idea to, to really uh, go hard in the paint for open mics until I felt comfortable on stage. But I feel like music was so cathartic to me, you know, like it was it was my only self-expression for so long. I was raised in a household where we were, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music, yeah. wasn't allowed to go to parties, I wasn't allowed to sleep at anyone's house. I was, you know, gospel radio, no television, you know. So raised, raised with no secular music, no being allowed. What was, what was the the shit you were sneaking to listen to? First, first album that was in my house that made it through that I, that sold me that wasn't Christian hip hop was uh, Arrested Development. You know what? Tennessee is a great fucking song. But yeah, the, but the whole album was the whole album was dope. But I, like as a single, like that yeah. that shit still. Oh yeah, it's still. And it's not like it's not like I'm so campy. Like oh, this is nostalgic. Well, it's a good song. You know what I'm saying? Well, for those that don't know, I'm half black, half Puerto Rican, right? And I was raised by my Puerto Rican single mom, so I really got a full portrait of Hispanic life uh, lifestyle. You know, I grew up eating. Hispanic foods, my grandmother and my mom speaking to me in Spanish. But until I met my dad later when I was 19, I didn't meet my dad until I was 19, I didn't really have a sort of knowledge of self, of cultural knowledge of self of, of my black side. Okay. You know what I mean? So uh, I really have to thank Arrested Development for being like the first fist up, like, Knowledge, Damn, really? knowledge yourself, like yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Children, put your hands in dirt and like connect to your roots, and you know, like, you know, speech was like, I didn't have any other sort of positive, yeah, black, yeah. like cultural relevant thing in my life. You know what I mean? And I've heard so, you, I've seen you cite them before as being like one of the first groups. First, you you yeah, for like sure, that. for sure. And then I, right after that, it was Buster Rhymes when Disaster Strikes. And that oh, was actually no, I'm lying. Right after that, it was Fuji's The Score. Another oh, oh, yeah. another sort of like, you know, at least socially conscious. You caught them on the right album. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I'm sure you went, if you, if, at this point, you went back and listened to the moment before. Right, right. That, it, it was, was not a good album. Not, it, was, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was but like the a, single from that was my yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nappy Heads. Yes, yes. Yeah. Of course. Of course. That was me and my cousin Tamel. My cousin Tamel is really who I have to thank for bringing hip hop into my life full steam, you know? Um, he moved to Atlanta, uh, but man, he's the one that like helped sneak it in. And 
It changed your life. It changed really. <laughs> it really did change my life. You know. Um, then the next album was Buster Rhymes' When Disaster Strikes. So those three albums together. What was this? What was one of the songs on When Disaster Strikes? Uh, the whole world looking at me, watching and waiting to see. Rhymes the law. Rhymes the law. Rhymes yeah, the yeah, law. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that wasn't. There's only five years left, was it? No. That's extinction level of it. Yes. All right. No. That album. I think when you go home tonight, if you get a chance to go home, maybe Spotify. Um, break out when disaster strikes. Let's see, to start to finish. Because was that hands where my eyes can see? Uh, I think I'm not sure. I can't remember. Like I'm, I'm a, in a weird. So I'm, I fuck with Buster Rhymes because you have to. But I'm not like you fucking up with whatever we're about to say. You about to fuck up. I am because remember he he did that show at the Knitting Factory. Yeah, this is put, that your, put your hands where my eyes can see. Yes. Okay, I feel like I missed this album. Let me check. Well, listen, this is the if you never heard another Buster Rhymes album in your life, When Disaster Strikes, personal opinion, When Disaster Strikes was just so necessary. Dangerous. Yeah, this okay, so this it, was the album that had the sing the big ass singles. Mm-hmm. But I remember so I remember I was I was in North Carolina at that point. Mm-hmm. And that album a lot of albums breezed past me when I was in North Carolina for okay. some reason. Like I was really focused on what I wanted to hear specifically, and that right. album just didn't make it through my. Let me tell you filter. something, man. Buster Rhymes, the best. But, but like Vine, even Vine's just like, man, you gotta like learn Buster Rhymes. Like I really, I had to learn Missy recently. Yeah, so I, that, that's crazy. You said that because I, I I slept on Missy so hard. I was like, you're the only back. person that's ever said that to me, yo, dude. When I was a, when I was like rapping and purist rapping, I used to be like <laughs> Missy's butt. Yo, exactly. <laughs> Can't stand her. I, I remember being like, she's not even fucking rapping. This shit is wet. Yeah. This shit is wet. You know. Yeah. And now I'm like <laughs> older and adult, and I get it. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I, I literally was kicking myself the other night. Like I was going through a whole catalog, and I'm just like, yo, the album is literally front to back bangers. Fire. Fire. What was Fire. I doing? What was I doing in my life? But you're gonna have that. You're gonna have that experience when you listen to. When disaster strikes, I guarantee you from the first song to the last song, just like this is, this is a DJ Scratch at his like penultimate finest. And it's DJ Scratch, right? Oh man, oh man, oh man, I feel like I fucked up. Right, so I feel like I made a mistake. This is DJ Scratch and and JD at their like apex, you know, like just just making just head nod shit that just make and this is Busta this is a completely another show when you have me back and I tell you my most embarrassing thing we'll, we'll wax very poetic about why Busta Rhymes could possibly be the greatest rapper and oh oh this is a large claim to stake this is a large claim Let's to stake let go with it a, he's never taken as as seriously as he should because of the you know the overt personality his personality and his larger than life persona and very cartoonish shit always washed away the fact that A, he was super nasty lyrically and just very much like old dirty bastard, there was no father to his style you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. like the closest you might get is James Brown who's the father to everyone True, which True is indeed. why he's the godfather of soul he's everyone's father but really Buster Rhymes had there's nobody that came after there was nobody that like came after Buster that like sounded like Buster Rhymes like you know we had a fake biggie yeah yeah, like, yeah. People, remember, remember Gorilla Black yeah of course <laughs> Gorilla Black Shine there's been Sicario a, yeah you know Sicario sounded like Hove yeah there's oh no, yeah my bad that was Hove yeah 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 there's nobody there's nobody that like came out and like tried to run but it was impossible 
Yeah. You can't. There's no. There's one Busta Rhymes. The Busta Rhymes. Uh, the um, Wuha remix with ODB. Yeah. That was insane. That is like one of the the most perfect, underrated too, but one of the most yeah. perfect a video collaborations. Too. Yeah. Uh, which I found maybe about five years ago. That shit is existed. perfect. Yeah, they're in a rubber room. That was insane. But yeah, busted. You know, that's a whole other segment. But yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's, it's a, it was a word. It was a word diversion because now I have to. I have to go here when disaster strikes. Bruh, I have to. Bruh, like because when we were at that knitting factory show, man, and I was just I, I remember standing next to Vaughn like. Buster's cool. I'm just not really that big of a fan. And literally every song I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Like halfway through the yeah, show, yeah, Vaughn was just like, so you weren't a fan yeah, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude. You sound like Lupe talking about Marauder. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard Midnight Marauder. Yeah, but yeah. Not, but a, not a single. <laughs> bro. Oh, dog, dog. Oh, man. That nigga. Buster, yeah. That nigga's. That's a whole. That's another. That's another, another. That man. nigga. Oh, man. So it's kind of fucked up because I used to love Lupe, man. Oh, man. I think we all did. Yeah, and I, I think rooted that, for him, like, oh, he's one of us. And, you know, then the nigga go open his mouth and say some sus boy shit. I think he got lost in his own shit, man. I think so. I like, think like, so. On, but I mean, like, he got uh, several levels of his own shit. Right. You know, like, you have to tell a lie to cover up a lie? Yeah. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm saying like it's that sort right, of thing. Right, where he, right, has right. To, he has to just keep going with whatever direction oh, yeah. he was in. He oh, can't oh, deviate. Yeah. You saw like when they started redrawing um, Colossus and X Men. Now he's like bald and gay. And, <laughs> like like what happened to Colossus? You know. <laughs> you know like that's the perfect parallel. <laughs> like they, they, they fucked up the whole story. I liked Colossus. Um, but yeah, you know, back to rapping and holy mics. Back, oh, and then after that, those those three albums infiltrated my home and sort of, you know, put me on to shit. And then I started really writing shit and trying to, you know, formulate who I wanted to be. And I think doors started opening, uh, like a couple college shows, a couple opening up things, uh, going out to your hometown for Scribble Jam twice. I remember that. Yeah, man. Those, you know, like doing those things were like, you know, paving the road paving a way for me to be who, who I am under the under the name Il Tarzan you know I remember Il Tarzan so, so as a person who's undergone one major name change before yes do you still feel like fresh daily of course okay cause I know you I know you've expanded you've expanded yourself to like more of like a creative director in, in a sense like you you, you you curate things you know yeah. what I'm saying like, like musically visually you kind of are in this um, in this unique position where you pull, a, you, you kind of like you built this aesthetic, you know what I'm saying? Like, and even with the beat house shit, it's like I remember when I first saw it, I was like, "Yep, like it makes sense." You right, know what right, I'm saying? right. Everything you do just kind of like. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, create a line of moomoo's or something like that. I'm gonna very, <laughs> I'm gonna very much. I mean, you know, drive in my lane and you know do what BGG, I do. BGG BBW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the new wave in 2015. Who knows? Just Brandon Mumu's? Nigga, come oh, on. Oh, man. No, man. <laughs> it could be a wave, but I don't know if I'm the right one to surf it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like, uh, you know, the name change happened. It happened. One of the best things that happened, you know? Really, when I think about it, Il Tarzan, like. Yeah, well, what was, what was, the, what was the, the science behind Il Tarzan as a name? Uh, well, I, I like. 
I liked Il Tarzan significantly more than I liked Vampire Tarzan. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, or Cyborg Tarzan. <laughs> I don't know. No, but you know, there was no rapper named Tarzan. I just, I think that really stems from like my love of Buster Rhymes, man. Yeah. Just like that wild, like, you know, like boom bap, like you know, Tarzan, like Jungle Man, like you know. I just that kind of that aesthetic that that sort of uh, mnemonic that word association of Tarzan wild like he's wild, he's Tarzan he's he's ill then, Tarzan you know vocally or uh, I guess writing writing wise did your style change from name to name oh of course okay. oh of course um, man I've got through so many kind of like finding my own voice. Uh, you know, like I used to rap in a lower register, especially under the name Mill Tarzan, because my own voice was kind of nasally and uh, I you know full with a lot of mids, and I just didn't like you know, I didn't think so you it sounded drop, like, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. I listened to my old shit the other day, I was like, fuck. You know, I have now as an older person, I have more of a deeper timbre to my voice, but you know, then I used to rap higher, and I was like, oh, this doesn't sound like this doesn't sound like hip hop, this sounds too. Then Eminem, of course, comes through, and it's. I just don't ring. give a fuck. Like, ring, ring, ring. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, fuck it. I should just rap out in my regular voice, you know, which is kind of what you hear in my voice today. Um, but, man, my early shit and Il Tarzan, lower voice register, you know, like, definitely styles change, you know. Like, uh, when it happened, I was devastated because I just put out an album, uh, Il Tarzan, Life Music. I, I, I think I have a copy here somewhere. If you look at this, you'll, you'll love it. You'll crack up. Look at this. You people at home can't see it, but... Uh, Yo! I'll send, I'll send Yo. Uh, Don Will a copy Yo. of it to post Yo, on his blog is, or whatever. Did you draw the, uh, do the... I did the graffiti on the cover, yes. You know, graffiti. This stuff, this just looks like a, a 90s, 2000, early, yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. It, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. As you know, you can see this, the, the black star, you know, red, red, black, and green, yeah. red, yellow, and green border <laughs> around there. All earth tone, everything. This is when, uh, I feel like the next three albums after the first three I named, they're definitely like comments like Water for Chocolate and, and Black Star and, you know. Yeah, and you were producing on here too. Uh, yeah, there's like two joints that I did on there early, you know, in the game. This Pretty. is you got the SB Dunks on the cover. Yeah, SB Dunks. On that, the that's cover. a good piece. Of SB. And, 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 and aggressive. The best thing about these two, these were women's dunks. These never came out for dudes. I had to get these in a like a women's size thirteen. Wait, they were these like ill ass like brown and white dunks that okay, dunk highs. There used to be a spot where Not Race Pizzeria is on Fulton. That was a sneaker store before. Oh shit! Okay. And they moved to Park Slope, but um. Yeah, man. <laughs> back in the days. Back in the days. But you know, like, that was one of the best things that happened is the name change. At the time, I was pissed off because that album dropped and I had just started getting buzz from performing at open mics for four years. If you don't have a buzz, then you're probably doing something yeah. wrong. You know, in my hometown, people knew who I was. That was a dope feeling, man. And then the, finally, the culmination of that was to put out an album. Finally put out an album. Got a cease and desist on the name. How? Oh, because of Tarzan. Right. Well, well, Tarzan is the is Edgar Rice Burroughs is the author of Tarzan of the Apes, and I actually we'll look we'll look at it later. But I actually just while we moved to this new spot, I found the cease and desist letter. 
Oh shit! From the law offices of Frost, Zelnick, and Lana. You should frame that. Yeah, I should definitely frame that. <laughs> Not many people get a cease and desist. Yeah, no, I got a cease and desist uh, from the estate of Edgar Rice Burroughs about the name Tarzan, and they were saying that nothing uh, in the English language sounds like Tarzan without making reference to it. Yeah. There's no word that sounds like Tarzan without making reference to it. So they have the copyright on that. And they said, you're making, it's come to our attention, you're making money and performing under this name. And we ain't seeing none of that. So you got to cut that shit out or we're coming for you. So I was like, you have 30 days. So I have to now, mind you, I was one of the first motherfuckers to have online distro. We're talking about when there was still Yahoo Launch, Real Player Audio, oh, shit. iTunes, early in the game. I had to yank that down. Oh, so they they saw all of that shit. Yeah, okay. CD that makes, Baby. Who well, I don't even remember. Amazon. I don't even think Amazon Play existed yet. So you had the indie hustle up and, up and running. Up and, up and running early in the game. That was just uh, Two Hungry Bros put me on to like... I was just watching. Oh, you've been down with them for that long? Like, just, I've been down with Two Hungry Bros since 2003. Okay, damn. Damn, that's... That's a grip. 2003. Decade plus. So I just watched how they were doing, and then when it came time to put my stuff out, I was like, man, how can I get all over the internet like y'all music is? And Really, he was like, CD Baby. Just pay CD Baby $75 at the time. Pay CD Baby $75. They put your music digitally across everything. CD Baby uh, CD Baby was really ahead of their time. Mad ahead of their time. Are they still around? You know? yeah, I believe they are. Does anyone use them? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> might be time to go back to CD yeah, Baby. Yeah, might check out CD Baby. But they, they had a they had a seventy five dollars you paid them, and they put your shit on everything, man. My shit was in Borders Book of Music online digitally. What the fuck? In like oh four or some shit? No, that came out in 05, I want to say, or, or yeah, oh five. So. We're talking about everything, but that was in Barnes and Nobles. Enough. The only reason it got into Borders Book of Music and Barnes and Nobles because that album had no cursing on it. That was another thing. I was like, I'm not gonna curse. That was that's that was a pretty be, smart angle. That's good, but I didn't think it was smart. I just because I didn't. I wanted my mom to hear it. And, yeah. And you know, you know, I still won't curse on Facebook because because my mom has a Facebook page. Okay. I refuse to be on Facebook. Like, good. Fuck shit, bitch. Yeah. I just can't. Good. I'll curse at somebody else's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. do it on my own page. Good. You're a respectful young man. It's good to know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird to be a person my age to like, yeah. I can't say shit. My mom uh, might say uh, it. Man, I say all kinds. My dad's on Facebook with me and I say all kinds of shit, you know. I feel like I just posted like some big thick girl or something my, the other day and my dad was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm my father's son, you know. Like, just funny shit. And dad like, was pleased. And dad was pleased. But I um, think I think you made the right decision with a new name. Yeah, I man. think Fresh Deadly is a dope ass name. Thank you, man. And you know it's significantly more commercially viable and relatable and suits me better. And I got to thank the homie Substantial for sort mm. of giving me that moniker in a lot of really? ways. Yeah, he's the one who uh, I was gonna change my name to Fresh All Day. Doesn't have the same ring. Fresh All Day is definitely not no. The same. It's kind of not the same ring. All Day is a cool ass name. But it is. Fresh All Day is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, All day fresh might have been good. Yeah, that sounds like a douche. As a crew. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound like a douche. It sounds like a douche or a pad or something. All day fresh. A summer's eve. All day fresh. It sounds like a scent from summer's eve. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, <coughs> substantial is the one who changed it from all day to daily. He was like, you know, it's like like Carson Daly. You wanted me to spell it without the I, and I was like, nah. I, I get why you're trying to be clever, but let's just keep it daily. Yeah. You know? 
And at that time, it was very cool to have the dot. Remember S. Dot Carter? Remember when? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember Fresh well, Dot Daily. Fresh Dot Daily. That's still that's, 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 that's still your Tumblr, right? That's still my Tumblr. Yeah. That's still my Twitter. That's still my Instagram. Fresh. But you know that was F. Dot Daily. You know that was that was cool to do the F. Dot. <laughs> Anything Jay Z did was very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> William M. Holler, William H. Holler. You what know? the fuck was that about? I don't know. What that was, was the M. H. That was that was him and. Uh, and DJ Clue were doing the Holler Brothers, like William M. Holler, William H. Holler. I've never understood what that I was about. I don't understand either. Because I know Lil Wayne was Wheezy F. Baby. He Weezy, is Wheezy F. Yeah, Baby. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I don't know. Well, you like, know what the F stands for for Wheezy. The F fucking, stands for, yeah. Like, Wheezy fucking baby, you know. <laughs> when you think about it, ugh. Yeah. Wheezy fucking oh, baby. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo. Wheezy's fucking baby. Fuck me up. Yeah. Fuck me up. Too deep, too deep. <laughs> Pause that. Let's pause. <laughs> We're going to pause that. Actually, let's take a break. We're going to pause right. for real. All right. Hold up. So I don't know where you guys listen to Bad With Names at. Maybe iTunes, maybe SoundCloud, maybe Stitcher. But I do know that wherever you're playing this thing at, subscribe, rate, review. Please do those three things or all of them. One of the three, all of the three, whatever. Subscribe, rate, review. I need to know you guys like this. And also follow us on Twitter. BWN Podcast. BWN Podcast, BWN Podcast. Now back to the podcast. All right, so getting back to the Fresh Daily story. Yes, yes. So um, name change happened. Name change happened, and then finally it dropped this album, um, the full album of the Fresh Daily moniker. And I got Tanya Morgan on there, the full Tanya Morgan, all three of them, you know yep. what I mean? Which was took a little bit of skill to get you know, <laughs> Ilias on there. I got you and Vaughn in Brooklyn, and then I retroactively had to go and get Ilias. You know, he finally got back to me, like, right as the album was being mixed and mastered, too. So he made it, like, right in by the skin of his teeth. Of course, of course he got back to you a little bit late. That's yeah. Ilias. Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm the new Ilias. Man. Yeah, you're the I'm going to get back to you late, dude. Yeah. <laughs> five hours later, I'll be there in five minutes. Basically, that's yeah. me. Um, but you know, it worked out well. You know, that first album was produced by Illmind, 88 Keys, DJ Spinner, Oh No, Exile. You know, it was kind of... Kind of... Yeah, that, that's a stupid ass lineup. I was trying to be, you know, Illmatic in the game. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. First album out, like have like just nothing but crush, you know, like um, and Sushio put that out for me, and uh, Ski Beats was on that album too. Jeez Louise, with yeah. that first video we did for Untucked Nunchucks, and um, you know, I think, but prior to me putting out that album, I had a chance meeting at an NBA 2K7 party with um at the time he was the editor-in-chief of uh king magazine daytuan daytuan yeah i was at that party i remember that party. that was crazy yeah. that was a crazy party it was a pretty crazy party uh, you know I was, that, I was still dating starina at that time because <laughs> she, she was writing for that she was she was writing she was doing some she was there on some mission some writing mission and i met shaq at that party shaquille o'neal yeah he was giant he was huge yo what if i must have breezed in and out i don't yeah, remember shaq. no shaq was there uh dj clue was there uh william m howard was william there. m howard <laughs> was there. Fest was there uh at the time uh my boy vinyl richie was ryan fest's dj okay and uh he, he got me over to their table and most stuff was there as well and I said what up to most of and asked if I could take a picture and he shit on me. Really? Yeah. He was most. like, no, you can't. <laughs> My pictures are mine. <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. It's, 
so bad. It's, I just, I'll tell you something off off record too, man. When we wrap this up about that meeting because you were uh, there. Okay. But you know that show was so that that party was so crazy. But at that party, I had copies of my mixtape, like like a rapper, like a Brooklyn ass rapper, as you should have. Right. And I and um, before you started busting up, putting albums on flash drives. Right. Right. And doing the cool. Uh, creative director shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had my, my mixtape out there, and you know, um, I, I I gave one to Daytuan, but I knew who Daytuan was. And I gave one to Daytuan, and he turned around and gave it to DJ Clue. Oh, shit. And DJ Clue was like, cool. He passed this one of his minions or put it in his pocket or something. That was the end of that. I didn't let that stop me. I, was, I pulled out another one, and I was like, nah, man, this is for you. Yo, I feel like I got somebody's number at this party. He might have. I feel like I got, what's the dude, DJ Drama's number. Could and be. I texted him, was like, yo, it's Don Will, we gotta work. He was like, let's get the streets. I'm like, let's take the motherfucking streets. <laughs> and we like, we're pep talking for like, maybe like five or ten minutes via text. Yeah. And it fizzled. But it was just like, let's take the motherfucking yeah. streets, baby. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh shit, it's Mr. Thanksgiving. Yeah. In my text message. But that's but crazy. So, did Clue take the mixtape though? Clue took the mixtape, did nothing with it. Daytuan, however, I took out an extra copy since he gave his to Clue and was like, yo, this is for you, man. I think you would really rock with this. And he was like, yo, thank you. Took it home, back to Brooklyn in his Jeep, or his, he had a big car, I remember at the time. Played it all the way home. And the minute he got home, he sent me an email. Like, yo, what the fuck? This that's, is fire. That's is the there point. a link to this on online or something? The idea of putting a downloadable free mixtape on the internet was so foreign. <laughs> in, in like 2K, in, was this? 2007. Was, no, the parties for seven happened at six. Yeah. Exactly. Cause, so this is 2006. This is fucking foreign as, as hell to me. Because where would you even put it at? I don't know. Like you would put it in your MySpace player maybe, but you Maybe-ish. couldn't get all the tracks up there. Right. This is insane to me to, to possibly give away. It just did not make any fucking sense to me. So I said, well, you know, it's not available online if people bump into me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, that was the, and you know, I had a buzz in New York City streets and Brooklyn streets. And uh, even though I had the name change, I was still out there every every chance I could get working, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, all, so he said, yo, is it cool if I put it up? on my blog on on uh, King Magazine. I said I have a personal blog on King Magazine. I'd like to put it up. And he put it up. And that was the beginning of the internet shit for me. You know, from that, <clears throat> one of the first comments was Mecca. This is pre-Dope Boys. Oh, word. He was a writer for like Baller Status or something. With he, I know he did hip hop, hip hop, hip hop DX. Too. Yeah, hip hop DX. I feel like was his shit. Him and Starreen were both at hip hop DX. My ex. Because funny, I had a blog on hip hop DX with them. Okay. Well, I know it was me and Mecca. We used to like before Two Dope Boys. We were just kind of blog. Two Dope. And we knew each other through the blog. The yeah. Yeah. And he would write like real. He would just fucking be Mecca, like crotchety. Yeah. Angry. Yeah, and, and I was just kind of quirky and weird. And him and Star, my ex, were, were friends because they both worked there. But um, he would be asking her for that tape too. He was just so open that Dayton, he took Dayton's word as gold so much that he was like, I need to hear that tape. Uh, he never got the tape, but when Two Dope Boys popped around, 
and I started actually sending out music to blogs. He was one of the first people that was very re receptive to what I was doing. I put out this project for free called Tomorrow is Today. I remember, yeah. With the artwork that I drew, like me jumping, came about right after Kanye's album. And so there was a lot of comparisons, even the color scheme was similar. I feel like yours, you told me you would, your artwork, you did your artwork first. I did my artwork first, yeah. And then I just, it just fit like the aesthetic of the sound. It was very, I mean, that, that was, we're talking about Mickey Fax era, early Theophilus London yeah. era. Caps. Yeah, Caps. <laughs> Uh, Theo Caps, you know, like this. This is that that era where a little bit of future sound was coming in. You know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. And uh, electro was being thrown into rap, and you know, hipster rap was touching off then. So, would you say that was Fresh Daily's debut? Fresh Daily's. Well, the the project that the uh, Daytuan got the, was the, the, the first you, one. The hot water. Um, the one I can't remember what it's called. You're on the cover with the with the trench coat. That was that, no. That came out after. Oh shit! Okay, but before before the high water release, there was the the project that I gave Dayton, which was called Mad Flavors. It's it called Mad Flavors. Yeah, you are the most New York person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this shit. I have this. So I have this. Dayton got that, um, and uh, that was the one that yep. this was like so open off of. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ex substantial exec executive produced it with you. Yeah, he did. He he helped me put that that whole thing together, you know. Um, and that was the one that kind of opened it up. So then, after that came out, I realized I need something for the internet. I need something for the internet, and I did tomorrow's today. And tomorrow's today took off. That was more of the yeah, internet's in cover. So ill. That's <laughs> so the, Ill. the internet got to meet me through tomorrow's today, and. On tomorrow's today, uh, I'm rapping over early Flying Lotus. I'm rapping over a whole bunch of just ill, weird shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, would you say it. not to speed? Yeah, yeah. But would you say that tomorrow's today was kind of like the seed that blossomed to become what B House is in a sense? I mean, for sure. I feel like you were digging around for sounds that, like, oh, I, I remember when I heard Tomorrow's Today, and I want to say even um. The Brooklyn Good Guy, like the aesthetic you had grown, like, like, like just, okay, just the sound of the the production was just like, this nigga's reaching for some shit I hadn't heard anybody do, yeah. or like even 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 if I had heard him do it, your version was like in like all oh, you. It wasn't like some shit that it didn't sound derivative. It didn't sound yeah. like you know what I'm saying. It didn't sound like something that didn't match. It sound it literally sounded like the way you dress, like you right. put a shirt with some jeans with right. shoes right. to look a certain way. Oh, not it's not gonna be like a, a random man's hat. Right, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean I, I went for sounds that were familiar to me too. I came from a very, very boom bap aesthetic, like very New York, very uh boot camp click, very DJ premiere. I'm New York, you know I mean? yeah, I'm yeah. and I'm and furthermore I'm Brooklyn as well. What? What son? <laughs> Brooklyn um, what? Brooklyn what? You know what I mean? And like you know, I come from a very boom bap aesthetic, so, um, but you know, my ears started opening up. You know, um, you know, I got I got to thank Susie Analog for that. Um, but you know, like once my ears started opening up a little bit to more shit, I decided I wanted to take it there. You know. Yeah, yeah. And from that, you know, that that blossomed into. This album, which I had been working on, Gorgeous Killer, which was the high water release, that was the one produced by 88 Keys, Ski Beats, Oh No, Ill Mind, Exile, all those, those right. dudes, right? That's a very boom bap 
Brooklyn album. Yeah. It's a very straightforward boom bap hip hop purist album. So it was kind of ill to like that kind of started this swing that I did. One album very future like you know, spacey sounding, one boom bap. One spacey, one boom bap, you know? Cause then after Gorgeous Killer, you know, I had to do um, Mothership Land. Mothership, yeah, like you have these album, like, album kind of like, I don't know, I don't know the word for it. Trajectory? But yeah, like Mothership Land in itself, like everything had this different feel, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like everything is, it's almost like you, you segmented yourself into different like personalities, or like, like different, like you just showcase different parts of yourself. Right. Not only lyrically, but just soundscape. Yeah, like and that that's that's a, a different talent in itself, right. which I would say lends itself to the whole beat house aesthetic, to the whole like you know just uh, anring projects for other yeah. cats. Yeah, word. Every, everything. I feel like everything has a progression. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, word. I think a big inspiration from that is watching Common. Every album from. Yep. From like, uh, can I borrow a dollar? To resurrection to um, what was the one between like water for chocolate and resurrection? It was a one day it all makes sense. One day, and, and, then, and uh, then it was like water for chocolate, and then so on and so forth. You know, like but you got to watch him like evolve from like Charmander to Charizard. You know, what I mean? yeah. like <laughs> like it was like a natural progression. I wanted to do the same thing, but in different chambers. I wanted to give the cats. That like really fucked with tomorrow today, like my futuristic sound, but like also the, a very specific cultural aspect of me, not politically, but maybe just socially and how we interact with each other as a people, and in dating and in just relationships, meaning friendships and relationships with, with women, and that's what Mothership Land was, was sort of okay. like an explanation through that through a very uh, diasporic lens, you know what I mean? Just an, uh, and people responded to it really well. Then I have to take them back to the boom bap, quiet life. Yeah, quiet life. So, do you have re-ups for all of these things on deck? Like, is there like a? Or well, like, yeah. How how are you how are you looking at continuing these? So you know, stories. If we're gonna look at it, we we did tomorrow's today, futuristic spacey. Then my first debut album album, which was gorgeous killer, very boom bappy. Then we did mothership land, back to the space. And then we took them to quiet life, back to the boom bap. Cause I know there's a quiet life too coming. Absolutely, yeah. and then we did, uh, then we did the Brooklyn Good Guy, which was like a mix between the both, a little bit of spacey, a little bit of boom bap. Somewhere in the middle, they met together and made this project, and now back to the quiet life too, a little more boom bappy. But quiet life too for people who love, and I think quiet life uh, at this point is probably a lot of people's favorite project. I feel like quiet life for me was the one where I saw the visual branding the strongest. Mm. Like I feel like even like with the sticker, like the quiet yeah. life stick, like that that shit. One, I see it everywhere. And two, what up? What up? Um, am I interrupting? Yes. Oh, you, <laughs> you are interrupting. Oh um, so I can't wait for you guys anymore. I have to go. No, yeah. Don't worry about it. So we'll probably do it tomorrow. All right. Okay. All right. Respect. Peace, man. Okay. Good seeing you. But um. What was I You're saying? Oh, oh, the uh, the quiet life, the visual, visual branding. branding, yeah, like right. like the sticker. I always see the sticker everywhere, and just like the it, there was just such a for me anyway. It was a strong. I had a really strong visual presence. Where? And it was a strong visual presence outside of just like knowing what the CD cover looked like or knowing right. what the cover. It just was. 
Well, you know, our whole, our whole approach with that was, that was apartment number seven. That was my homie Craig, who was my yeah, manager yeah. at the time, and, and Mel P, uh, his wife, you know, both geniuses in, the, in their own fields. And, and uh, they took my idea and just ran it to another level and sort of was able to take a really good idea and get it as far as possible. There was no physical copy of that. That was the first time I did those flash drives. Right. You know what I mean? wasn't the first time I did flash drive, actually. I did flash drives for Tomorrow's Today. Which I made homemade those. I remember those flash drives. You know, homemade the homemade drives. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, so Cornerstone was giving out these flash drives for one of their HBO shows. You know, their promo company, and they had like a whole box of them in their office. And I would go go to the office and pick up magazines and stuff. I saw a box of them, and I was like, let me just take this on home. <laughs> you know, instead of taking one, I took the whole box, bought shipping labels, put my album artwork on it. Erased all the flash drives by hand, <laughs> one by one on my computer. Put my my put my mixtape on there, my music videos, everything. Went to A three C with those. Flip them bitches. Yeah, yeah man, that's and, some Brooklyn shit. That's some Brooklyn shit. I was selling them for ten dollars a pop. Were you there at that time? We were in the store and they stripped the mannequin. Yes, <laughs> yes, I was. You know what? That was that wasn't even a store. That was like a, a that just, was a, a show. That was a show. Uh, oh my gosh, I came off that night with a shirt, an LRG yeah, shirt. Yeah, I, I, I got something, I forget what yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah, we were thugs. I just came across an email that, yo, my man Mills came off that iPad at that shit. Yo, what the fuck was we on that night, man? I, I know exactly what it was. It was at the Reed Space Annex, yep. Yep. and it was a release for an LRG collabo. Yep, and that mannequin was naked as fuck. By the time the night was over, the LRG mannequin that had like a shirt, pants, uh, it was insane. Like, we really anted up that night. Like, at one point, I remember the mannequin's pants were just gone. Gone. Nobody they just took the pants off the mannequin, B. How did I get the shirt off a mannequin? I don't know. But that shit was like, it sticks out of my mind as yeah, one of those moments. It was, it was just like. Great Brooklyn moment, man. Great, <laughs> great Brooklyn moment. But, um,. Quiet Life 2 is where I'm at with it now. And um, for people that liked Quiet Life 1, you know, again, we've been to Europe a couple of times now. Yeah. They always tell me they love that project. Here, I did like a little online poll and asked people which one they liked better, Mothership Land or, or Quiet Life, because those are my two most popular projects. And those are the projects I gave out for free and then the most recent ones. Niggas love free. And people really vibrated to some, some wavelength for Quiet Life. I will say that I liked Mothership Land more, but I played Quiet Life more. Right. If that makes any sense. Well, Quiet Life was insanely more palatable for a listener. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mothership, Mothership was a little bit challenging in terms of just like listening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it was like, challenging. I, I like things that challenge me. Right, right. It was, I, I can't sit with them, you know? And it was definitely conceptual, and it was also polarizing in the sense that he, it was very cultural. So maybe if you weren't black, there might have been things that you might not have related to. Also, True. You know? True. But Quiet Life was all around, encompassing, and very had a sound, a vibe. But if people liked that, I'm doing this, and I tell this, I've said this like the fourth time I've said it, Quiet Life 2 is like Quiet Life 1, run through like an Earl Sweatshirt filter. You know, it's like a little darker. Oh, shit. A little wordier. Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's like... I think that'll be fun. Yeah, for real. Because Quiet Life Two was, I mean, one was light. It was, it was, it was a, a feel good. You know what I'm saying? Feel good. There was a song gonna feel good. Uh, it was, it was just summertime. Yeah. Brooklyn walking from one house party to another. End up at home at fucking four in the morning. Yep. Quiet yeah. Life Two is wintertime. 
uh, you know, like coming home from work on the train, making sure you have those thermals under your pants. <laughs> I forgot and, to wear mine over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have your, your headphones on, you might be riding your bike home from work, you might be coming off the train, but it might be six blocks from the train to your house, and that ride home from work, just mood, you look, you're going over the bridge on the queue, seeing the skyline, just yeah. New York City shit, but just a little, I don't know, just there's a little more grit to it. There's, it's definitely seen through like uh, VHS film, you know what I mean? That, I think that's that age filter. I think I think that's yeah. just, it's just time for that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I would say since between Quiet Life 1 and this one, like you probably had two different other apartments. Like you moved yeah. around a little yeah, bit. Like you know, life is different. I've been my, I've been in the longest relationship of my life. But Mothership Land quietly was really. A, I was going through a breakup. Not not quietly. The first song on there starts talking about a breakup. <laughs> but um, man, I don't I don't really like making art like when I'm me sad. Me neither. Me neither. I like making art when I have perspective on sadness. I was going through a breakup, man. I was going through a, a rough breakup, and the, the girl broke up with me, but only because I was too much of a punk to break up with her. I've been there before. You know what I mean? So instead of just uh, being a man and saying, you know what, this shit is whack and not really working out, I just retreated emotionally, made myself unavailable, and to the point where she had to question everything and be like, yeah, like that. That's such a like, punk move. I've learned to not do that anymore, yeah. obviously. But it's such a punk move. And when she broke up with me, I, I immediately played the victim, like, oh, she broke up with me. She was uh, she was understandably upset. But I had I had the I had the out. I said, well, you know, you broke up with me. Yeah, I didn't do nothing to you. You, you broke either, up with me. You, know? you either do you either do that or you cheat. Like those are the yeah, two those, punk, are, the those two, are two punk ways out of a relationship. Uh, terrible punk ways. And I and I've never cheated on a woman. I I feel like that's a gold feather in my in my cap that I've never pulled a cheat move. I cannot say the same for myself. <laughs> but I've never pulled a cheat move only because. I just I was terrified of the karmic repercussions of cheating. Oh, bro! I'm just and I know that they're real. They are real and, and they're I, swift and they're swift and, and they're painful. Real. Yes. So just to avoid that, I've seen it enough through to to so many people. I'm very much the type of nigga that like if I see you fuck up or walk down the block and fall in a hole, I will avoid like, that oh, street okay. altogether. Duly noted. Duly like this, noted. This past year has just been like, especially the beginning, was just kind of like dealing with. Not necessarily cheating, but like dealing with like, okay, is my karma fucking with me right now? Like it was oh, a lot man, of that. Yeah. Just you know what I'm saying? Cause it was just Did like, I do something to somebody? Yeah, like what happened? Yeah. What the fuck am I? Well you know, at? 2014 was a very, very strange year for a lot of people. They were I will say that 2014 was a year of, of glorious mountaintops and horrible, horrible diving depths of valleys. Like yeah. filled with crags and lava at the bottom. You know? like, <laughs> See that's what I like I, for me 2014 was just like I say the high points were like really round, like they would just linger. Like when they were when it was high, it would just be like, okay, we're we're good. Yeah. But then when it got low, it would just fell be off like the precipice. There was no, and then, and then the bad parts, there was no curve. Like I'm rolling it down, was it was dropped right off the cliff ball, yeah. into a really bad place where both legs are broken and and there are vultures swarming around you. you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what? Because of that, I'm I'm ready for 2015 to put it in a yoke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, do you have any um like. You're not a resolution person, are you? Not, not necessarily, not anymore. I think I'm just more of a do it. If I'm gonna do it, I should just do it. Yeah, yeah. I can. I think resolutions are key, though. Most people don't follow them all the way through, but I think they are key in the sense that they give you a direction to go into, right. something to aim for. Let's say you don't hit the mark 100% for the, the length of the year. You did, at least hopefully, 
something. You know, like my, my resolution last year was to join a gym, which I did. I haven't been there for the last few months. <laughs> you jo- that was your goal. You joined the gym, though. But, you know, you I, I was in that bitch for a good part of this year. Yeah. Hey, you know what I mean? And I got to see what it was like, like, not getting out of breath going up the stairs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like, for me, resolutions, and you know, I, I, I make more, like, um, I do a lot of assessing where I'm at on the fly. Like, every every two or three months, I look at my life. You know what I'm saying? So, And I think that I think that anybody, like, in a, in a field where they have to be self-driven or creative, they tend to kind of they have to look, yeah. yeah. No one else gonna do it for you. But I do, I do tend to look at the beginning of the year as like a hard reset and look at you know big bigger picture things that need to change. Mm-hmm. And I would say health and fitness is gonna be this year. Health, fitness, and finance. Well, you you already skinny. You know I got a little I got a little guy. Get a Grover. Yeah, I got a Grover. You <laughs> feel like Grover? <laughs> but I, t- I want to take my shirt off on the beach. Well, well I said that. <laughs> you feel like Grover. <laughs> to have a dad body. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so, you know, like, that's where I'm at with it. I, I put out this body of work. The only There's only one, you know, like, actual commercial project, which I ended up having to get removed off iTunes due to discrepancies with, uh, with our... Um, Whoever our fucking distributor was, so Highwater was thinking actually about repost, redoing uh, Gorgeous Killer, you know, anniversary last year, 2014 would have made a five year anniversary of Gorgeous Killer actually. Oh so, shit, work. So we're thinking about you know putting that back up on iTunes as a label, um, and then just right now, just Quiet Life too, man. It's sounding really good. I'm really happy with it. Obviously, I have a, a lot of access to beats. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't even touch on that. Like, I feel like we're almost at the point now where like, I have to take another break. Yeah, wrap it up. Thing. Wrap it up. But man, we wrap it up, B. We didn't even, like, that's what I meant. Like, there has to be a part two. Yeah. And this is the, this you're literally the only person I'm like, there has to be a part two. Well, you know, because, I mean, Beat House itself yeah. is just an amazing thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, thank you. I don't know. But whatever. I'm not going to push. Yes, but, I, you know, but, like, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, I, I, I'm, I have a lot of access to a lot of beats and amazing producers and, and cats that I was already listening to and now have an actual rapport with and just building, you know, and I've been able to provide people with a, a legitimate platform for their right. shit in, in a city where it counts, you know what I'm saying? Yo, and, and, and that is so important. Hell yeah. Like, I'm like not up there rapping, dog. I know. <laughs> it's very hard for a rapper to not do rap over event, those beats though. At an event where beats are playing and they're fucking fire. Ass. Have you ever just like spit one or two of course, words? Of course. Okay. Come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna have me out here not rapping. But you know, for the most part, I, I you know, and that's the self-sacrifice part of it is like knowing that you're doing something that's not in your field and not like conflict of interest in your shit. Yeah. Is mad important for the Plus, you're building community. You know what I'm saying? Like, like more than anything, like it's, it's brand and it's 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 definitely like art, but it's it's community. It's, and it you, goes back to that hunger versus thirst thing. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, hungry for the win, but I'm not gonna thirst myself. You're not gonna be at your be, the bee house like y'all rap for like four hours. It's the four hour fresh We're daily. We're not <laughs> doing that. We're not doing that. That opens up the door to niggas wanting to jump up and get yeah. a verse, and then it turns into to something else. And I, you know, like I created this because there was nothing. There wasn't anything, there was something like it, but it wasn't to the level that I like, I would have imagined it. So I, I you know, I created it. Yeah. Me and DJ Jester, you know, created it. And that, I can definitely say that when I saw it pop up, I was like, oh shit, this is about to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because there was nothing else like it. And right. Like when you look at how many people are producing out here and making beats and making music, 
and there's just literally no showcase, no platform well, New York, for them. New York scene for beats used to be very much this. One long table with eight niggas, on, with NPCs and laptops on it, and a room full of dudes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, 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 yeah. A room full of dudes, maybe a couple of quote unquote judges, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. famous producer, like, might have had album placement on the Jay Mills album or something, you know what I'm saying? Like that. A whole bunch of those dudes as judges. And it used to be like more of a beat battle culture. Yeah, and that's not community, that's contest. You know what I'm right. saying? Community is about, it's, it's like, it, once you touch that, once you touch that stage, I got a feeling that the cats that, that lead the stage, like, it's, it's like family. It's in Hell yeah. It's an Hell induction yeah. process. Here's the like, shit know. is, they're not, a, they're not pitting against each other. No, no, I'm not pitting against you. And on top of that, a lot of these motherfuckers are fans of each other on SoundCloud. Yeah. Have never met in person. And then, and then some of these guys have 48,000 followers on SoundCloud, but no one has ever seen them live. Yeah. And that, like, like when I was at, the one I went to, I remember just watching, like, like from opener to to fin to close, it was just like people were there for everybody. Oh you know no, people stay to the absolute last minute. Yeah, they stay to the last minute and they play close to the stage like fans, which is what it is. And you know, and it's and it's a guy up there with his laptop and some controller, and he's just playing his beats. There's something there's something ill about having cats play their beats as sets as opposed to being nine dudes on a long table in a room full of dudes. Uh, you know, I love to beat battles. Um, I want to shout out Ilman. Ilman had one of the first like black joints. There was another one at New Yorkian with um, with Two Hungry Bros did the music for all the time. I'm thinking about Beat Society too. There's also Beat Society. Beat Society yeah. See, Beat Society is dope, but they always had like rapper or something yeah. in there too. Beat Society is like a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. thing. You know, it's like a society. Hezekiah is in there. The homie Jim is in there from Soul Spasm. I don't, a lot of cool people are involved with Beat Society, and ultimately, I'd like to do something with them down the line we've already had a little bit of talk um but just something for 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 producers and dudes who make beats and not just boom bap either just experimental go as fucking left as you want to like djs we're also doing djs producers and multi-genre as long as it's beat based culture it can be electronic it can be experimental it could be hip-hop it could be trap it could be chicago footwork it could be tech you know like i don't I don't really care, you know what I mean? The, the burden and responsibility is on me to find new dope shit and to put people on. And like, I, ideally, every beat house show you come to, you know, you, there should be somebody that you didn't know about that you're like, holy shit, how did I not know about this guy? Abjo was the dude for me. Yeah, Abjo. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Abjo is a beast, bro. Yeah. Abjo's a beast. Fleming Ghost's last time too was insane to me as well. I didn't know he beatboxed. He, he Yo, he came out with the LB box set, and I was like, wait, what the fuck is What's happening? happening? Yeah. Then like, just bodied it. And then just bodied it. And he had some, oh man, just www.beathouseshow.com. I'll, I'll put it all in the show description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be down here. Oh People man, if you, out, yeah. if you want to see some shit. So, and I know y'all, do you, uh, are you planning to travel more with it? I know you did one in uh, yes, like, did. was it Indiana or something? Oh uh, yeah, we did one in Indianapolis. Um, right now, what we're setting up is South by. Oh, oh shit! We're setting up Beat House South by. Um, we're having two shows. One is a night show with Beat House fam and some other people. But then we're having an all day thing where we're connecting with all the 
producer crews out of there's one in Chicago, there's one in Louisiana, there's one there's one in Austin called Exploded Drawing, there's Dolo Jazz Suite in Louisiana, there's there's a whole bunch of then you have Brain Feeder who's out there. Ideally my wish and hope if anyone listening to this can get this, make this happen, close it out, Beat House X Brain Feeder. That would make me very happy. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but this is what we're aiming for. South by is beat house at South by, um, one show at night and then a day show from twelve to seven. Okay. All so, day. Uh, I think we'll be out of South by this year. So I'm definitely gonna try to slide by that shit. Yeah, boy. It's been a minute since we kicked it to South by. Yeah, it's been a little. Sun. I haven't been to South by in two years. So. Yeah, I, it, this last year was my first time going in like three or four years. Two or three years or some shit. The thing with South By is it significantly gets shittier and more commercial every year. Do you fuck with A3C? Have you been down there? I, I went once. I went once. And I was I was one of the few people that get paid at A3C when they yeah, first. I don't know how you did that. I don't know how. <laughs> Shout out Alice. I've been. Who? Alice. Oh, okay. And that's how you did it. Yeah, yeah Alice, Alice and Fadia got me. Yo, paid. Alice don't fucking play. She don't. I love Alice to death. She don't play. I do. I do. I got love for Alice, but Alice made me miss my flight. Because <laughs> she and, wasn't playing. Yeah, right. Right. And and I lost the money from that show. This is when I used to be way loose cannon on Twitter. And I said some shit on Twitter like, I can't fucking believe this. This whole thing was a waste. Uh, Not knowing that she had busted her ass <laughs> behind the scenes to get me paid. And then the people that she had me, you know, that... Had paid, saw that, and they felt the ways. And when we got back to New York, Alice was like, uh, she sent me an email. She was like, well, I don't think I'll be your manager anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Alice has sworn off rap in general. Well, that's good for her, you yeah. know? More power to her. I don't know what to say to that, you know? Like, last time I saw her, it was cool and shit. She was just like, oh, why don't really fucking rap? Well, God bless her. You know? You know? And people that say that, right? I feel like somehow they just lost their love for this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's evolved into where it's at today for sure. But like, yo, it's hip hop, B. Yeah. It's hip hop. Even if you don't fuck with new shit, you should be able to do this. Yep. You know, you should well, be able to open up your CD rack or your tape rack or whatever and go back and like, you know, that's why it's important to me that I still have a CD collection. Dude. It's fucking important to me, you know? I'm, I was literally, I, I boxed up all my CDs to sell them because I just need more space in my apartment. And like, just boxing them up was just like, I, I don't know if I could do it. I can't part with them. No, no, just, this is a fourth of what it used to be, my collection. My collection is pretty deep now, but it used to be like a fourth of what it used to be. That shit is memories, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so it, many. I bought these CDs with my money, dog. You know, yes, like, like, yo, oh, these like, are $13.99, some of them. My dude, like, I want to say, Sixteen nine. You remember like shit being like yeah, yeah seven like yeah. I want to say I have. I forget. I don't know how many it is, but it's a sizable amount of CDs. They want like it's like hundred fifty dollars they're gonna give me for them. I'm just like that's not even worth it. It's not the worth the effort. Nah, man. To get rid of them. Nah, man. And, and you know my lady is a, a vinyl head. I don't know if you saw downstairs. She has a you know, crazy vinyl. And, you know, like music is so important to me. You know what I'm saying? So. That's our archive, you know what I'm saying? Hell like the same way, same way my pops got a vinyl collection, I want to have the ill just media. Like, because yeah. I, I have magazines too, I have too. all those magazines. I got 
complex and and first double XL. Yeah. The first one. Remember the, remember that the, the one with uh, um, too short in it when they took him to the strip club. It was like nah. first or second issue. Nah, man. It was like like the first or second issues of like double XL were crazy. Dog, I still have Elemental magazine downstairs. I got like a handful of those. Yeah, I got Elemental mag. I got like a couple of joints down there, man. I gotta check them out, man. But yo, <laughs> for sure, yo, down well. Before I, I want to do one more thing before you okay. before I get you out of here. All right, what's up? I got a fun. I'm I'm take a break first. Okay. But I got a, an advice thing I want to do with. Oh you. baby. I think you'll enjoy it. I will. Be right back. Yo, we got stuff for sale. T-shirts, hats, music. We give y'all a lot of free stuff. We just gave y'all a free EP. This whole podcast is free. Um, if you don't mind buying something, it would be kind of cool. Or you could just keep the free relationship we have going. I don't mind that either. I mean, it's just the way of the world now, right? But feel free to buy something if you are so inclined. All right, back to the show. So before we get out of here, I wanted to get freshes, get a little bit of it. Some people need advice. Yes. Um, okay. So the first I'm over thirty. You're over 30. So I think you're qualified to give advice to the listeners. 34 now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit, for real? Congratulations on that milestone. You're almost at 35. 35 is the milestone. Yeah. And then there's nothing else but 40, 50, 60. Yeah. Then it's just every 10 years. How, how old are you now? 38. 38. I remember the first time I asked you how old you were and I thought you were significantly younger. <laughs> you were like, I'm 34. And I was like, oh, this nigga mad old <laughs> And now I'm that like old ass nigga. That's yeah, it's, it's funny, man. Like, I mean, I know I look younger than I than I yeah, actually am, here. but I feel weird being like, thirty eight is a weird age to be. Like I, and I don't feel like I, a thirty eight year old in my no. mind what it would a thirty eight year old no. would be like. No. So, I'm cool with it though. Yeah. I'll be forty. So, so I'll be forty. Advice from niggas over thirty. Advice from niggas over thirty. All right. I live with my parents. Oh no. Honestly, I have it pretty damn good. They feed me, let me use the car, and I don't have to pay a dime of rent. Woo! They're extremely kind and supportive. Woo! However, my mother smokes in the house. She's extremely stubborn and screams at me for even bringing up the idea of quitting. She thinks the connection between secondhand smoke and cancer is propaganda, which is absolutely silly. It wouldn't bother me, but I'm always clearing out my throat of shit, and people tell me I smell like smoke constantly. As someone who's insecure, I don't need to add smells bad to my list. Plus, I'm straight edge, which which adds an extra dash of painful irony. I plan on moving out soon. And I've got it great. But do you guys have any tips of getting rid of smells, making the air better, or even advice for having people quit smoking? Man, you know, my Because I know you, you, I've seen you go on these Facebook rants yeah, about smoking. And like, you know, my dad, he, he passed, but the one thing he held on to, like, he died of cancer, but the one thing he held on to was fucking smoking. He would not stop. Even with cancer? Even with cancer. What, what cancer did he have? You might ask I want to say it was pancreatic cancer. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sure cigarettes probably contributed to that. Oh, it definitely. Like he yeah. beat it because he beat it once. Then he he beat it. Quit doing everything except for smoking. Except for quit smoking. drinking. Kept smoking. Ugh, smoking is a fucking filthy habit. But I understand that people are a victim to smoking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they started out as a social thing or something that calmed their nerves and then they become addicted to it and they don't even realize that they're caught in the shit. You, my friend, were giving advice to have it even worse because. You're not addicted to it, but you get all the, the bad benefits of it. Right. So, um, you know, if, if you live in New York and you and you live with your parents, that's such a boon. You know what I mean? Because rent, paying rent sucks. Having your own place is awesome. Paying rent sucks balls. 
Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So mega balls. Mega it sucks balls, bro. Um, you know, but you say you're moving out soon, so that's good. That's good, but here's one thing you could do, uh get a big box of baking soda. You know baking soda, get some baking, baking soda. soda. <laughs> uh yeah, definitely get a big box of baking soda for your room. Uh, Mrs. Meyer's room cleaner uh, Febreze your shit You know what I mean It's hard to Febreze your shit If everywhere you go to Smells like cigarettes But um You know Aerate your shit I don't, I don't really know I, That's one thing If someone Smoking is such a like Negative zone for me There have been girls Who just simply Don't exist no more They might as well be A part of the wall Cause they pulled out a cigarette Two minutes ago I was scoping the fuck out of them And then That cigarette came out And they disappeared like, See I used to smoke Okay. I quit smoking cigarettes maybe eight years ago. Good for you. You just added like 20 years of your life, they say. Yeah. You know? And I, I do still like do the like, I'll, I won't smoke, like, I'll, I'll get the urge. Like, I always want to smoke a cigarette. But the thing that keeps you from smoking is that it makes you feel just so like on the inside. You're just fucking tired and worn down. Your breath stinks. Your mouth stinks. Your clothes stink. Your clothes stink. Food doesn't taste as good. Like everything about, there's literally nothing good about smoking. No. Literally, there's no benefit. Yeah, I, the word, if you've ever made out with someone who smokes cigarettes, you understand how fucking disgusting that shit is. If, if, you've, if you ever made out with somebody who smoked cigarettes while you were, while you were sober. <laughs> while you're drunk, it's like, oh, we're all drunk. Right. But when you sober up and you kiss a person that smokes cigarettes, oh. it is fucking disgusting. It is. It's pretty horrible. It's a, it's yeah. a horrendous experience. Uh, it's pretty horrible. And, you know, I don't really know what advice you can give to a person to tell them to get them to quit smoking because at the end of the day, especially They're if you're addicted. suggesting, yeah, if you're suggesting things like they know it's not good. They for know them. it's, you know, it's, that's the thing about it. Yo, know, smoking is goth as fuck, bro, because it's like you've seen all, you know, googling cancer pictures. You've seen how horrible that the effects of it are, and you're just still so hopelessly trapped in it because you know it's a it's a nicotine is a form of nightshade which is a it's a poison which it, it links itself to sort of receptors in your brain that tell you like the world is gonna fucking end if you don't really? have enough yeah I didn't know this I will look it up later but I'll show you and it's like it's a it's an actual poison that has these things like it your brain was not able to sort of create dopamine on its own unless it gets this thing you know what I mean it's like yeah and so then you you can't you're feeling like shit because your, your brain can't release these endorphins to make you feel good unless you have this now. So you feel like, oh, you're, you're cranky as fuck if you don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like any drug addict. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, like, I still want to, like, I still miss like the, the motion, like the, yeah. the physical aspect of it, but everything else, I'm good. Yeah. Like at, at one time we were at the bar and I was just holding a lit cigarette and that was enough to like soothe and I would like sometimes like do the motion. Yeah. It was soothing. See, that's so insane. It was like, that was soothing. Like baby needs his baba. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, like, the minute, I, cause I lit it, the minute I took a pull, I was like, oh, this is oh, disgusting. It's, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, How am I gonna do this? You know what I'm saying? I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. And uh, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm ecstatic with that. Yeah. I, based on my reaction to cigarettes and weed, I don't think I can handle any stronger drugs. No. I think I might. I do want to kill shroom. myself. I do want to shroom pretty badly, actually. Nah. I do. I really want to go shrooming. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna. I really want to go shroom. I heard that if I'm you take like a small dose of shroom. Yeah. I heard that it's also uh, psilocybin shrooms are less toxic than aspirin. 
Really? Yes. You do the research. Of you do course. the research on shit. Of course. I have to. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in my nature. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to do that for my birthday this year. You know, like, uh, I just hear like it int intensifies a, a lot of things perceptionally. I waited a long time because, you know, as you know, I was in a car accident that was super severe. And, uh, I just didn't want that anything to be that to be magnified, so I waited yeah. till I was fully healed, and I'm I'm all healed up. It's been good six years since then. No psychological trauma left. You I don't have every now and then a little flashback, you know. But okay, I'm all right. You know, I'm ri I ride my bike. You know, that's what I was joking when I was like, oh, that's obviously not your bike. Yeah, you're no, like, no, it's down to the stairs. No, my bike way. is done. Yeah, I start. I got back on the bike. You know, like you know, I don't know. What are you gonna do? Never ride a bike again? Get hit once? Shit happens. Bruh. I mean, your girl breaks up with you, you're never gonna fuck pussy again, you know? Like, you're a strong nigga, man. You're strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, yo, you, you know, but you know, you, you're a grown ass nigga, you should be getting out your parents' house anyway, straight up, you know? And you're moving out, and that's good. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good transition for you. You know, Febreze your shit, take that shit to the dry cleaners. Um, you know. So Fresh Deli says, get Febreze and a job. Febreze and for a your, job. For, yeah, for, <laughs> for your room, for your room, bro. Cigarette smoke is hard to remove, so get baking soda. Baking soda! Get some baking soda! Get some baking soda, which sops up. You just open the top of the box. It's the same, the same way it works in the fridge, when your fridge smells like onions and, you know, all kind of food shit. Open up a couple of boxes of baking soda in your room. Let it absorb that smell out. Febreze your shit, air it out. Open the windows, air it out. Myers, Mrs. Myers room cleaner, room refresher. Never heard of it. Look it up. Mrs. Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S, Mrs. Myers room fresher. It, it changed the game, baby, and it's all natural, so, you know, a lot of essential oils in that room freshener. Mrs. Myers room fresher. Febreze is good for clothes and baking soda in the meantime. All right, cool, so, fresh. Yeah. I'm gonna let you uh, get back to your Friday evening. Yeah, baby. We're probably gonna go talk about some other stuff off mic, some oh, of that, right. some of those off the record kind of things. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming through. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me come through. Oh well, you know it's a pleasure. And we'll schedule part two soon. Yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yo, hopefully you guys enjoyed my conversation with Fresh Daily. If you wanna know more about him. You can hit up FreshDaily.com. This is Tumblr page. He has an official website at FreshDailyMC.com, but he's more active on Tumblr. Also, be sure to check out BeatHouseShow.com. That's B-E-A-T-H-A-U-S-S-H-O-W.com. I'll put it in the show description for you so you can click the links and do all of that. Um, as far as my situation goes, this hangover hasn't left. A it's, it's been a stomach ache has been added to the hangover, so I think I need to replace the coffee with water, and replace the sitting with laying. Um, and I don't know how that's gonna work because I don't have that much time. Well, I got a couple hours before the pizza party tonight, so I'm gonna bounce this down. Work on the. Can you guys hear that? It's a truck driving by. I'm surprised you can't hear the. Oh, there's my doorbell. Uh, just a minute. Yeah, that was my super. Uh, I was having something weird happening with my radiator last night. Again, TMI, shit you don't need to know. I'm going to end this now. You guys go enjoy your Monday. And enjoy 2015. Don't let my weird attitude about the novelty of the year affect how your year turns out. Do good things. Do great things. 
Is this a sign-off? No, it's not. This is the sign-off. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say it in the mic. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.